0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday. I am in the People's Republic of California coming to you live from the Fox Sports Studios here in LA. We just finished Clay and Buck and I am off and running here with this program. Hopefully you're able to hear me and enjoy the fantastic acceleration of Super Bowl week out here in L.A. I want to give some positive news here as we get underway in general. And that is this, that we are right now seeing a mass uprising from so many people who are trying to foist off the absurdity of COVID restrictions all over the world. And I just got to tell you, on my flight last night, I had a petty rebellion. All right, Petty Rebellion, four-hour flight from Nashville to L.A. I'm watching 1883. I'm watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I just pulled my mask down directly below uh, my face for most of the flight, right? I got my, uh, my my little snack. I got my drink, whatever. If you're used to a, a Southwest Airlines flight, no mention from a flight attendant for the entire flight that my mask was down off my face. Now, it was a four-hour flight. It was dark, took off at night, didn't land out here in LA till well after midnight. But I think overall, sanity is starting to return in some form or fashion. And speaking of sanity, I got an incredible offer for you. Bet $5, you get back $280. That is a 56 to 1 payout, $5.00. Turns into $280. All you have to do is pick the winner, either the Bengals or the Rams. $5 turns in to $280. How do you get that bet in? FanDuel.com slash Clay. If you got a friend, maybe it's almost Valentine's Day. You know, Valentine's Day, the day after the Super Bowl, maybe your wife, maybe your girlfriend, maybe your side chick, maybe your boyfriend, maybe your side dude, whatever you want to say. If they take the opposite side, $5 bet turns into a $10 bet. Guarantees you $280. Whether you are on the Bengals or whether you are on the Rams. Can take both. $5 bet turns into a $10 bet. Guarantees you $280. I'm going to be on Fox Bet Live here in LA uh, with Alex Curry and Cousin Sal uh, here in about an hour. And as we get closer and closer towards kickoff I'm even more convinced this is Matthew Stafford's game to win. I am on the Rams, and I'm on the under in this one. My call, 27-17 to 17 Rams, uh, giving you a little bit of an early preview for what I'm going to be saying later uh, in the broadcast, 27-17 Rams. All right, we got to talk about all the lies that are coming out uh, from ESPN surrounding the Winter Olympics. Do you see Around the Horn on Friday? Probably not because most of you don't watch Around the Horn, I'm sure. But J.A. Adonde, who is a journalism professor at Northwestern, let me repeat, he is a journalism professor at Northwestern. He's also a panelist on Around the Horn. Do you know what he said? He said he didn't feel like he could judge China for their genocide or their human rights violations because the United States has issues with policing, and also with voting rights issues. Let me repeat that. ESPN, one of their panelists, who also is employed as a journalist at Northwestern, said that he didn't feel comfortable judging China for their genocide and for their takeover of Hong Kong and for the fact that Chinese people don't have basic human rights because of voting issues in America and because of police issues in America. This is Chinese propaganda. This is exactly what China wants for Americans to say. And ESPN put it on their broadcast and didn't even challenge it one iota. This is a shameful embarrassment. And I have never been more glad than right now to have the platform that we have at OutKick, to have the audience that we have at OutKick, to have everybody able to be speaking out against this mass insanity, we're the only sane people. I say all the time on the Clay and Buck show, we are voices for sanity in an insane world. And in the world of sports, there's nobody else who will challenge this mindless propaganda that is being spread by ESPN. And I think it's even worse occurring on a sports station. Because a lot of people who go into the sports station don't anticipate what they are going to see and hear there. They aren't anticipating Chinese propaganda will be fed to them by ESPN employees. Because they think they're just there to watch sports and then you have all of these lies being spread. And it's absolutely indefensible what is going on at ESPN. And by the way, that no one at ESPN even spoke out against it at all. This is, in my mind, completely and totally indefensible. There is absolutely no way to justify it by any metric that is reasonable. And the fact that ESPN declined comment to OutKick, declined comment to Fox News, declined to accept responsibility for spreading Chinese propaganda, for trying to in some way to make equivalent the situations here between voting bills and also between what's going on in China when it comes to genocide? Look, Major League Baseball pulled the all-star game out of Atlanta over Georgia voting bills despite the fact that Georgia's voting bill is actually more expansive than many of the voting bills in this country including Delaware and including where Joe Biden is from in Delaware, and including Major League Baseball, which is where uh, we have right now Major League Baseball headquartered. But this goes to the larger context of woke capitalism. Where you have, and this is important, and this is significant, and I want you to listen carefully, where you have a company like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola came out and criticized Georgia for the uh, criticized state of Georgia for the voting rights bill that was passed there. Koch won't say a word about Chinese genocide going on during the Winter Olympics right now. They won't say a word about genocide but they ripped the voting bill in Georgia, okay? This is woke, hypocritical capitalism, all right? And it needs to be attacked at its root. And by the way, huge percentages of the American public are making the decision that they will not be in any way supporting the Winter Olympics. I understand the difficulty here because like many of you, I enjoy rooting for American athletes to win. But if I have to choose between in some way endorsing the idea that China deserves to host the Winter Olympics or watching the Winter Olympics and talking about it, I'm gonna choose not to watch the Winter Olympics. I don't care that much about the Winter Olympics in the first place. I'm not sure I'm gonna watch a minute of it, but if I do, I'm gonna make sure that every single minute that I have that I talk about the Winter Olympics, I spend at least as much time ripping Chinese genocide in the process beyond a shadow of a doubt. It should be talked about all the time. The Joe Rogan battle is ongoing. Spotify put out a statement uh, late on Sunday night. Some of you may have missed it. Didn't come out, I don't think, till I landed in LA from the CEO of Spotify. Still trying to stand behind Joe Rogan. But I want to make this clear for everybody out there. This isn't really about anything that Joe Rogan said. It's about who has the power to define what can and cannot be said in modern day society. Howard Stern has said a thousand things worse than anything that... Joe Rogan has ever said. In fact, there was trending all weekend a video of Howard Stern in blackface using the N-word during his radio era. Now, he can claim that he was trying to satirize Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. The point of the matter is they've already made it clear context doesn't matter as it pertains to Joe Rogan, okay? And so the fact that he used the N-word while reading oftentimes quotes doesn't matter, context doesn't matter. So let me ask you this. Why does context defend Howard Stern but not matter at all for Joe Rogan? And I'll tell you the answer. Because Howard Stern has given up being a rebel and he has gotten on his hands and knees and he has begged the woke media for their forgiveness by trying to let them know that he is a member of the woke brigade. He has repudiated all of the rebelliousness from his early days of his radio program and he now is on his hands and knees begging for forgiveness because he knows that based on the standards of cancel culture he has done far worse than virtually anyone that they are trying to cancel today. And the reason why Joe Rogan is under attack is because his politics don't fit a neat bracket because there are lots of independents because there are lots of left-wingers and right-wingers who listen to Joe Rogan. And by the way, worth mentioning, this is what I said on Friday as a part of this discussion with Sean Hannity. I said, you know that more Democrats often are watching Fox News programs between the ages of 25 and 54 than are watching CNN and MSNBC. And I talked about this some on our radio program as well on the Clay and Buck show. I said, one reason why our audience is skyrocketing is because we are saying and there is so much insanity right now in the world. In other words, lots of -of middle-of-the-road people, and I consider myself to be a very middle-of-the-road person, even though people are like, oh, you know, Clay Travis, he's all right. No, no, I'm sane, all right? I haven't really changed any of my political beliefs. I've stayed the same, and the world has spun out of control. I believe in the First Amendment. I believe in the marketplace of ideas. I believe that you can agree or disagree on any different issue and we should be able to debate it. I don't believe in cancel culture. I don't believe in identity politics. I think that all of us, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, have way more in common than we do different. But that isn't acceptable on the left wing any longer. It's just not acceptable. And so Joe Rogan is under assault because the idea is They want to send a message, Cancel Culture does, that they can do away with Joe Rogan. And in the process, they're trying to terrify everybody else out there in the creative spaces by saying, hey, if we can do this to Joe Rogan, we can do it to you. You better get in line. You better buy woke insurance. You better be a left winger, or we will come for you too. That's what they're trying to send the message with Joe Rogan. Now, so far, Spotify has stood behind him. But the question is, are they going to allow him to continue to do the same show that he has been doing so far? I think there are legitimate questions about that and whether or not it is going to be possible uh, for him to continue to do the same show. I would argue, and I argued this last week, best thing that could happen to Joe Rogan is he is gets fired by Spotify. Because you saw Rumble come out and offer to hire him. I think there, he could start his own media company. Joe Rogan's audience is going to follow him. They are portable in a digital age. That's why I don't really worry myself about getting canceled either because we've established such a substantial audience that I know my audience is going to follow me wherever I may go, even if the big tech gatekeepers are not going to allow me to be out there normally being heard where the traditional outlets have found us. But this is why Our audience is skyrocketing. It's not just Republicans. It's tons of Democrats. It's tons of independents who are incredibly frustrated about what's going on in this country. It's why I've said, look, our audience is so massive at OutKick because only about 20% of sports fans are woke. Only about 20% of sports fans, and that's probably high, are saying, you know what? I think it's heroic for a male swimmer to decide to swim against a woman. I think it's heroic for a man to decide to become a woman small percentage, ESPN is serving those people. I'm serving the vast majority of the rest of the public with OutKick. I'm proud of the content that we're putting out on a day-to-day basis. Speaking of sane and insane, did you see the photo that went viral over the weekend? I hope you did. Of Stacey Abrams in a Georgia classroom, unmasked while every kid around her was wearing a mask. And she came out and said... It was racist of anyone to criticize her effectively during Black History Month for being in a classroom and pointing out the obvious, which is this. Stacey Abrams, 48 years old. She is obese, right? Let's be honest. 48-year-old obese person is under far more danger than any of the kids, yet the kids were all masked up. And I just want to say this straightforward, direct, and clear. No kid in any classroom in America should be masked up. But if the kids are masked up, every adult should have to be masked up as well. What you are seeing, whether it's Gavin Newsom, whether it's Eric Garcetti, whether it's London Breed, those are three different California politicians where I am. And I want to give a shout out to Eric Garcetti. I'm out here in LA right now. I'm mostly not wearing a mask because I'm following his science advice of holding my breath, (laughs) holding my breath anytime a photo gets taken. That's what they're arguing. Look, Stacey Abrams, the thing that's so unique about that decision is she's surrounded by advisors who are so clueless that they didn't see anything wrong with her being the only um, maskless person in that photo with that panoply of kids surrounding her all masked up. And they distributed it on social media until they decided to pull it back And then they tried to accuse everybody who's been criticizing her of racism and said it was shameful that she was being criticized. No, no, what she should have done was apologize and say, you know what, the data and the science is clear. No kids anywhere in the country should be wearing masks. I apologize for not wearing a mask, but every kid should be able to follow my lead uh, going forward here beyond any question. Science matters. And this ties into during the, uh, during the show today, I got a message during the radio show, I got a message from Marianne Jensen. You may have seen Marianne Jensen, uh, the viral clip that she had of talking at her Northern Virginia school board for three minutes. I shared it on social media. Many of you watched it. I've been arguing since August when I went in front of my own school board. I've got two kids in public school. There is no scientific basis for kids to be in masks. I said that in August. The data has only continued to come out since then, confirming everything that I said. In particular, if you actually look at the data, Williamson County, which is where I live, Franklin Brentwood, directly south of Nashville, kids in Nashville, I went to public school K-12 through in Nashville, all those kids have to wear masks. Kids in Williamson County, the parents can choose whether or not their kids wear masks. Do you know what's happened in the first six months of school? No difference in the overall rate of COVID infection for kids in Williamson County or kids in Davidson County. So this is a big point of debate and discussion. And so when a parent decides to go talk at a school board in a public forum, what they say should be considered. You can agree or disagree with it. Well, Marianne Jensen says, that YouTube has pulled her three-minute anti-mask in school argument, which is all rooted in science, which is all rooted in factual data, and they have said that it violates the overall community standards. She is going to join us on our show tomorrow, A Voice for Sanity in an Insane World. Marianne Jensen is scheduled to join us on Clay and Buck tomorrow to talk about moms and dads being able to fight back against mask mandates and fight back against people like Stacey Abrams who are making unbelievably awful decisions. Uh, Canadian truckers. I want to give a shout out to Canadian truckers. Saw a poll coming out of Canada. 54% of Canadians are now in favor of ending COVID restrictions. That's up 15 points since the Canadian truckers began their protest. You know the protest is working when everyone is fighting as hard as they can to try to shut it down. Did you see they tried to take away uh, the, uh, the GoFundMe, $9 million that has been raised in Ottawa. They are going out and trying to take away their fuel. They are trying to shut down the trucker's ability in a cold winter to stand up against Detronian overreach and COVID mandates in Canada. And the overwhelming majority now of Canadian people are starting to stand up and say, this is nonsensical. There need to be an end to COVID restrictions. And I give credit to those Canadian truckers for helping to fight that battle. But what you need to recognize is GoFundMe is a far left-wing organization that is trying to take away the money that has gone to support the truckers. And initially they said they were going to send it to someone that they believe deserved it more. And so this is a direct attempt at fraud. Credit to Governor Ron DeSantis and other politicians who spoke out against this idea, including non-politicians like Elon Musk. Uh, The Canadian truckers are voices for hero, hero, heroism and freedom. They are standing up courageously to fight for all of our rights around the world. I salute you. And by the way, I wouldn't be opposed two truckers in America doing the same thing except taking over Washington, D.C. like they have taken over Ottawa until all of the restrictions end. I would be in favor of that. All right, closing out, couple of stories. Alvin Kamara has been arrested in Las Vegas for allegedly attacking a man uh, outside of a Vegas club. I am reading from the statement uh, that was put out by the Las Vegas police. On February 5th, uh, he was assigned to investigate the battery of a victim and uh, the argument is that uh, this man was leaving a club for the night, made his way to the elevators. There was a group of people waiting. He started a conversation with one of them. I'm reading the probable cause affidavit. As soon as the elevator opened, Green and the large party he was speaking with began walking towards the open elevator doors. One man, later identified as Alvin Kamara, put his hand on Green's chest, stopping him from walking into the elevator. Green pushed Kamara's hand off his chest. He then stated he was pushed hard, causing him to stumble back. After he was pushed, he says he was hit and kicked by multiple people, lost consciousness. Uh, The only one that he can remember was Alvin Kamara. Uh, and uh, he says he sustained an orbital fracture on his right eye, was told there was a chance he might need surgery. His eye was swollen so much he can't open his right eye. Uh, The lower orbital bone is what helps support the eye stay in place. With a fracture of this sort, it can limit movement of the eye, cause double vision, other possible vision or balance. I'm reading uh, uh, from the probable cause. So that is why Alvin Kamara has been arrested in Las Vegas and will be having to potentially answer for uh, those violations. Finally, news that just came down a few minutes ago. Lovey Smith is officially being hired by the Houston Texans to replace David Culley. Now, Lovey Smith obviously took the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl while he was there. But he just came off coaching at Illinois, where he has not been very successful. I want to give you uh, the latest data on Lovey Smith's head coaching career. Uh, so I'm going to pull that up right now as I am talking to you. Lovey Smith is 63 years old. And if you look at Lovey Smith's career, he was decent in the NFL. He's had a long coaching career. In the NFL, he finished. 89 and 87, two games over 500, was with the Bears and also with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneer tenure did not go very well at all. He went 8 and 24 there. Prior to that, he was 81 and 63 with the Chicago Bears. But he comes now from Illinois, where his best year as an Illinois coach after five years was 6 and 7. Only bowl game that he went to. Uh, he lost the Red Box Bowl. And he went 17-39 and in the Big Ten uh, at Illinois. 10-33 and in Big Ten games. All right. So, this is where he's directly coming from. Five years in Illinois. Fair to say, not successful at all. And now he gets the Houston Texans job. And I think a lot of people are saying why. Now, Cliff Kingsbury got the Arizona Cardinals job after a great deal of failure, relatively speaking, at Texas Tech. So college coaching success or failure does not necessarily equate to how things are going to go in the NFL, but I think a lot of Texans fans are looking around and saying, wait a minute, why are we firing David Culley to hire Lovey Smith? What exactly is going on here? To me, the better option would have been Brian Flores if you're going to hire a former NFL coach. Flores, obviously, with the Dolphins, one of the finalists for the Houston Texans job. Bill O'Brien's been fired. They've since brought in David Culley. Now they're bringing in Lovey Smith. We'll see exactly how that goes. But the fact that you went 17-39 in the Big Ten, 10-33 overall in Big Ten games specifically as the Illini coach, the last two years that you were in the NFL you went 8-24 and 24 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is not a resume that screams success to me with the Texans. Although, if Lovey Smith could have a decent relationship with Deshaun Watson maybe he has sold the Houston Texans on the idea I can get Deshaun Watson to walk back his demand for trade and maybe that is the idea that they are potentially gambling on going forward that Lovey Smith can recalibrate and repair their existing relationship going on right now uh, between Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. That's the only thing I can think of. By the way, right now, the New Orleans Saints, the only team that has not made a hire. And if you are really focused on what is going on in terms of minority hires, Mike McDaniel to the Miami Dolphins, and also uh, now you have Lovey Smith to the Houston Texans, both minority head coaching candidates. We'll see what ends up happening with the New Orleans Saints going forward. All right. I'm going to be, I believe, on with the Outkick 360. They are live from Radio Row in LA here momentarily. I will then Be live from uh, the Fox lot with Fox Bet Live with Cousin Sal and with Alex Curry. One more time, encourage you to get your bets in. 56 to one payout, a $5 bet turns into $280 if you pick the right winner between the Bengals and the Rams. Fanduel.com slash clay. Get your bets in Louisiana. Get your bets in New York. Get your bets in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Tennessee, Louisiana, Colorado, Arizona. I think I just West Virginia Virginia. hit all the states. If I didn't, there are a ton of them. Just go to fanduel.com slash clay. Great Valentine's Day present from me to you. $280 on a $5 wager. Get your friend or, or girlfriend to bet the other side. $10 turns into 280. I'm Clay Travis. bet unless you need to SBAP.